Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Could be a question of um, who blinks first as uh, Rotherham get us underway, attacking the covered end in the first half. Dupes it to get the short one, he gets it back, Harding now sends it into the box. It's a difficult one, right to the back post, it's uh, buried in there from Miller on his own on the edge of the six-yard box, Charlton expecting the long throw, and there's... Uh, Cries from uh, Charlton that uh, there was an offside in there when all ball went back. And the official remains unmoved. Gunter still asking the question to the referee. I'd like to know what they're asking because it can't be overturned. You know, there's nothing can be done about this. It's been given. They've not seen anything. Whatever Charlton believed there is, they've not seen anything. We didn't get out quick enough. It was a 2v1 against. We didn't get out quick enough. We didn't give the shout. Are to they go saying that the ball was off? Because uh, it's a difficult one to tell. It's headed back and Miller was the first one to pounce. And they're saying that uh, Charlton that the ball was out of play. No, not sure it was, to be honest. It's headed no. back into that, the edge that, of the six-yard box. Can't, that can't be a tell. Can't be that it's and got Miller it out of play. It's buries it for Rotherham and a game of fine line. sends it forward, Washington again on the run, trying to push Edmonds Green out of the way, he does and he's on the ball now, oh, Stockley on the overlap, takes a shot, he's in! Charlton had the equaliser, Rotherham will complain there was a push on Edmonds Green, but Connor Washington did enough, got the ball at his feet, used Stockley as a decoy, the shot took a deflection, went wide right of Vigas and into the bottom right hand corner. Will say there's a push on Edwin's Green because just as he goes to jump for it, Connor Washington stands still, lets him hit him, and the debate will be did he give him a nudge or did he just let him hit him with scenery flex? Just a hook on from Elliot Lee, it's an up and under. Center half gets caught under it. I'd say it's a very clever use of the body, but I would because I am a Charlton fan and we are one all. And I will say the key to all that was the last five, six, seven minutes and staying in the game when we've been under pressure. We really have been under pressure for the last four or five minutes and we've not conceded, we've not wilted, we've stayed in it. Because sends it skyward and that was the last moment of the game. And Charlton, having gone down behind in cruel circumstances at the end of the first half, battled back superbly, had the lion's share of that second half. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. My name is Louis Mendes. I hope you are well. We'll be looking back at that draw with high-flying Rotherham during the weekend, of course, ahead uh, to Saturday's FA Cup first round game uh, with a National League Southside, Haven't and Waterlooville uh, on this week's pod. Uh, joining me to do that, first up, a uh, star of Sky TV, Nathan Muller. How are you doing, Nathan? Yeah, not too bad. Living the dream, mate. Yeah, yeah on, the, on the Sky. Well, it wasn't TV. It was a YouTube channel. So, like... yeah. Not the main ones. League, no, not the main ones. League of 72 it is by uh, James Alcott. It's got some good content on that. Yeah, yeah, well, obviously, if they... If they not, like it's not to as good as this, obviously. No, obviously, it's not, not possible. Uh, and also <laughs> joining us is, uh, is, is, is uh, Tom Wallen. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, uh, have you been nominated for an award this week, Tom? Uh, yeah, I have. Have you? Yeah, I have as well, Naif. Yeah, boy. <laughs> oh no, actually, they said it weren't for you. But um, yeah, no, we've been nominated for an award again. Uh, we're up for the uh, the third year uh, out of four. Uh, the club podcast of the year with the Football Supporters Association. We're going to find out uh, an awards do fancy awards do at the end of this month if we're going to win. We've got to win at some point, haven't we? we? Can't just keep getting nominated and not win. So uh, fingers crossed, it's our year. But yeah, thanks uh, uh, for everyone for your support that's got us uh, got us that nomination. Um, 
and uh, yeah, well, you'll, you'll, I'm sure you'll see a few drunken pictures of us at a uh, award ceremony uh, at the end of the month. So uh, on this evening's show, then, as I said, we've, we've just heard the goals from the Rotherham game. Uh, we're going to discuss that performance shortly. Uh, we're going to hear from Jacko, spoke to him after the match to find out what he made uh, of the performance. Some good news today, of course, Deji Eleraway uh, signing his first professional contract with the club. We're going to hear from Deji uh, later on in the show. Also got some really interesting stuff uh, from Jason Pierce. The captain spoke to him after the game on Tuesday against Rotherham, uh, asked him for his views on Johnny Jackson and where the change has come, uh, what Jacko's brought different to what Nigel bought at the start of the season. I, I can promise you that's a really interesting interview. Uh, so we're going to hear that later on in the show. Then, of course, uh, we're turning our attention to uh, Cup Fever. Uh, we've all come down with a nasty bout of Cup Fever. We're going to hear from Simon Carter uh, from the Portsmouth News, who's going to tell us all about Haven and Waterlooville, who are coming to the Valley uh, on Saturday. Uh, I'm sure many of you will have remembered their Cup run that ended uh, in infamous circumstances at Liverpool a few years ago where they twice had the lead at Anfield, so uh, beware us. Uh, we're also going to hear Johnny Jackson look ahead to that game uh, as well. But we should uh, focus on the pass first because we've got a really creditable draw, one all draw uh, with Rotherham on Tuesday. We heard the goals there, uh, Tom, and, you know, high-flying Rotherham, uh, free-scoring Rotherham. Uh, and uh, fair to say that we got a point and we probably could have got more. Yeah, I was I was really impressed with this. Um Obviously, it hadn't been up at Sunderland and missed the home game as well, annoyingly. So, I hadn't seen us under Jacko yet. Um, but I was really impressed with the way we set up. I thought we took the game to them. They had a few chances, of course. They were a good side. But I thought largely we restricted them to, to shots from the edge of the box. And I think that was down to our defensive shape. And obviously got that goal just before half-time, which it wasn't undeserved. But I, I felt to go in behind seemed a bit harsh. And then second half for that first 15, 20 minutes, we just really went at them. Got the goal we deserved. Took a while in coming. Uh, and yeah, McGilvery made a good save in that second half. But as you said, it, it's a game that we could have won. And I think when we got our goal, I, I was happy with a point at that point. And I would have been happy with, with one point going into the game. But definitely we had opportunities to win it. And, and the momentum continues from the, the positive results over the past week. And yeah, as I say, first opportunity I had to see them in the flesh and I, I, I'm impressed with what Jacko's doing with the side and goes another step further to him, you know, staking a claim for getting the job full-time. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely mad, isn't it, Nathan, when you think that that game came exactly two weeks after that debacle against Accrington Stanley at the Valley. Uh, Paul Warren came in afterwards, told us he thought it was uh, a good point for them because he sees Charlton as a top-six side. And, I mean, my analysis after was basically that was a top end of League One clash that we saw there the only difference being that well, one of us is accidentally near the relegation zone Yeah I think we gave them um, a run for their money second half for sure I said on Tuesday on um, Twitter that I thought we were the only team who was going to win it um, and yeah I thought I mean we all knew they were in a good run of form but then so were Sunderland when we played them and I think the, the, the good thing is is the way it's changed around now we've played two teams who were in form at that time in, in Sunderland and um uh, Rotherham and to be honest we they had a couple of little bit half chances but we kept really the Dapo and Smith who's firing kept quite quiet you know so oh with Tom I thought it was a really pleasing performance and even though we didn't win the game it was such a promising performance it felt it felt a little bit like a win if that if that's it sounds weird but it it, it was just nice to see us having a go you know playing well putting it in putting the effort in just seemed like we had a plan or we were, we had a game plan so um yeah really positive and uh shame really we've got the FA Cup as much as the FA Cup is a great competition and all that jazz I just think we've got that bit of momentum now so hopefully we don't lose it after the little break yeah certainly um I mean uh, the, the, the performance itself it, as a good marker Tom against a side who have who are, you know banging form beat Sunderland 5-1 over the weekend I mean it, it does show that we're now reaching the sort of levels that, that we should be at, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, this is this is the sort of performance I would have expected of us from day one, really. And as I say, I wasn't at either of the other games, but I, I followed the Sunderland game and I've seen the, the highlights of the Doncaster game back. And OK, they're different sides. Going away to Sunderland was a tough task. I know Jacko might have felt a little bit like pressure was off because it's his first game, but to go up there and get a win is no mean feat. And... Yes, Doncaster are a poor side, but you've still got to put them away. And when I watched that back, the amount of chances we created, we could have easily won that 7 or 8-0 and, and they could have had no complaints. And 
then you come into Rotherham and you think, as you say, two, I was at the Accrington game two weeks earlier and we were appalling. I was away at Lincoln the weekend before that and we were bad. And the transformation from those games is is huge. And I think for me, the the one real question we have left now is can we keep this up? And And that's the important thing because I don't think any of us doubted that these players have that ability. But now they've got Jacko knitting them together. Now they've got the fans behind them and on side. They've just got to keep it up. And I think Jacko won't let them drop off for a minute. Uh, their fitness, despite what Nigel was saying, seems OK because a lot of those players have played three games in, in 10 days and have looked OK with it. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. But but as you say, it's the performance I think we expected. And I think if performances did match that level for the rest of the season, I'm still a little bit wary that we can make the top six. I think we've given ourselves certainly a lot of work to do, but... We're certainly going to be up in that top half of the table, which is at the very least where we should be, even given our poor start. So, yeah, we've just got to keep it up now because the hard work isn't finished yet and there's a long way to go. Mm. I mean, obviously, the, the, the goal right on the stroke of half-time uh, for the Millers by Miller. Uh, I mean, it seemed to have a bit of controversy around it. and in, in the stadium at the time, I thought it looked a certain foul throw, but then looking it back on the video... I thought it looked absolutely nothing like a foul throw, so I don't know why uh, my eyes deceived me there, but quite a lot of people seem to feel that. Um, and then s- some suggestion perhaps the cross had gone out, some suggestion perhaps it hit Richard Wood's hand, but I mean, speaking to both Piercy and Jacko after, they, they, they seem to suggest, well, you know, really we, sh- we should be defending that a bit better. We did seem to fall asleep there. That was slightly disappointing, Nath, right on the stroke of half-time from across. Yeah, disappointing in the bread and butter with dealing with crosses in the box. Because, I mean, up until that point, and even in the, the games preceding it, I think we defended the box really well and defended our crosses, which have sometimes, at uh, part of the season, has been our, you know, been my downfall. Uh, I mean, I was I was the same at the time. I was, obviously, I probably had um, my rose-tinted glasses on, but I thought it was a foul throw, and I thought it was handball. But, um, foul throw, yeah, it just looked... I think it was just the way... He, how he ended I thought at the time I thought it was a foul throw and I don't know about the handball I still think well he's had it onto his arm but then he can't really chop his arm off can he unfortunately Richard Wood um, well if he, but... if he had any respect for the rules he would <laughs> that's what I mean so um, but yeah so it's disappointing really because I didn't they were they, they did put themselves about a little bit more but yeah, disappointed at half-time. It just changes Jacko's team talk. But that being said, I mean, the second-half performance certainly made up for it. Um, but, yeah, it's, again, it's a, they're a good team. They're all round a all-round team. Um, and, yeah, and I mean, overall point, you ain't going to grumble all that. Because I probably would have taken that, you know. If you were, but three weeks ago, before Nigel, if you said, oh, you're going to beat Sunderland and, and then smash Donny and then, you know, get a good, good draw against... Rotherham, I probably would have laughed, you know. Mm. I'd have been carrying on walking till the, till the cows come home. That's not right, Nath, is it? Yeah. <laughs> well, at least you would have got out your broken chair. But, um, so, I mean, Tom, the, the equaliser obviously came from Connor Washington. Uh, uh, Connor Washington, uh, I mean, his interview after on Charlton TV was interested. He, he spoke about how it was very much the the, the life of, the, of a striker distilled into one game because he missed a couple of chances. But you always know what you're going to get with, with Connor in terms of hard work and his perseverance paid off and you know really outmuscled the defender and, and, and got a little bit of luck perhaps with the finish. But the sort of luck you deserve when, when you run your knackers off like Connor Washington does every, every match. Yeah, totally agree. And I sung his praises all last season. I, I know he had periods out with injury and I know his goal record wasn't you know, it wasn't 20 goals a season, but for me, he was one of our standout players last year. I think it was it was harsh that he got dropped this year and I was, I think I've been pretty consistent since the first game of the season by saying Adkins needed to change it up and the one game that he did, we saw what Ag, uh, what Washington was capable of, even that Accrington game when he came on, you know, chased, chased down that ball right down to the byline and set Stockley up late on. So, yeah, he's a player that I really admire. I think he's got, you know, that work rate and that, that desire that we expect from a Charlton team because, you know, we don't expect them to be, you know, the, the Lionel Messi's or the Johnny Williams of this world, but we expect them to work hard and, and that's what he does and he epitomises that. So, yeah, I think, you know, he deserves the success, he deserves the goals and we just look so much more balanced with the two of them up front because Stockley, so so less isolated, it means we can play to his feet, it means he's got a player around him and the whole balance of the team just looks so much better. So, yeah, I was delighted for him. And again, with him, 
just like the team really, hope he can kick on and, and keep that form up because as you say, his head could have gone down after missing a couple of chances but but it just didn't. So uh, yeah, long may it continue. Yeah, now the referee of course was dishing out yellow cards like it was Christmas um, apart from at the point he should have done. Obviously a heat quay, um already been booked for, for a challenge uh, then trips, I think it was Alex Gilby, wasn't it? And uh, somehow escapes a booking to the extent that within a minute uh, Paul Warren had taken him off. Uh, I mean, it, it was a it was a fascinating refereeing display, wasn't it, Knife? Frothing, mate. When that happened, I was frothing at the mouth because I knew as soon as he as soon as he got away with it, that they were going to take him off. It was it was always going to happen. And the thing that winds me up, right? So like, I would say that that second foul was more of a yellow than the first. So, but I don't, and they're both yellow cards. And it's things like that that really irritate me because it's like, well, how can you just not give that as a yellow card? Because if he wasn't booked, 100% he would have got a yellow card for that, which makes a mockery, the whole thing. But, I mean, the the ref, oh, mate. Yeah. I thought, I he was, I thought he was the ref, the ref but... was absolutely gash, wasn't he? Oh, he was pony. Like, absolute codswallop. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's <laughs> I'm just come up with some random words, but no, mate, he was shocking. Even that, like the first minute or what the first at the early in stages when Jaden gets booked, he's like got to, you know, tre- tread a tightrope for the rest of the match. You know what I mean? It takes the edge off the game, but it just wasn't the consistency. So, yeah, hundred percent a second yellow. Yeah, and then we, and the thing is, is at that point in time, if they had ten men, yeah, it's hard to play against ten. But you could have bring Kirk on and just go, mate, just do what you want to do. Just go free will or free free roll. Do what you got to do. Do you know what I mean? It's game changer. But anyway, we're used to these refs. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to let that ref take away the performance because we were brilliant without, yeah, um, certainly. Brilliant without the ref. Uh, one, one more player actually I want to mention, Alex Gilby. I obviously mentioned him there. He fouled for that. I, I, think, I think we're seeing a lot from Alex in, in terms of running. I think he had the most touches out of everyone on, on the side on... Uh, on Tuesday evening, and and uh, I, I don't know, I don't know if I think he goes under the radar or not, but I, I, I thought he was he was really busy on on Tuesday evening, Tom. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean about that. I think he's starting to get on people's radar. I um, I saw him when we played Swindon at the League Cup. I think it was before the season had started in the first round last year, and he came on towards the back end of that game and looked really good. You know, was carrying the ball, was driving forwards, and. And then he got that injury and, and we didn't see a lot of him. And then when he did come back, I, I never thought he was quite the player that we thought we'd signed last year. And whether that was the injury, whether he was just out of position, I'm not sure what it was. And this year, obviously, that midfield, particularly under Adkins, has rotated so much. I don't really feel he's had a chance to play his way in. And But now, in the position he's in in that midfield, I don't even know how many we would say that midfield has in it. But the the way they're set up, I think, is ideal for him and... You know, he's got that license to to carry the ball, but he also does the the dirty work and he does a little bit of everything in there. So, yeah, I think we're seeing him in his best position. He's getting forward. He's having shots. He's having a go. Um, And yeah, he's, as I say, more of the player that I thought we'd signed. And we saw right at the early stages of last season. So, yeah, another one that's, that's impressive because I think we've probably said this on most of the shows this season that that midfield just has never really clicked whoever we've had in there and people have come and gone and, and it's not really worked. But obviously that's the first time I've seen Dobson in the flesh for a while. I thought he looked brilliant. As you said, Gilby, I think slots in there. Well, I feel like they're just knitting together and that, that sort of uh, the group and the cohort uh, as a team are just looking a lot better now. So yeah, another one that's just gone from strength to strength under Jackson already. Excellent stuff. Right, let's hear from the boss himself. Then Johnny Jackson uh, came in to speak to us after the draw with Rotherham and I asked him what he made of the performance. It was a good game. Two good teams uh, going at it, trying to play for the win. Um, Rotherham are a good side, know all about them, knew what, what dangers that they would pose. And I don't think they disappointed in, in any way in, in their play. Um Obviously, they got their goal on the stroke of half-time. Disappointed with the nature of that. I didn't feel like we deserved to be one down at that stage, but that's where we found ourselves, and it was a challenge at half-time. Can you, can you go out there? Can you get back into the game? Uh, can you show a bit more energy, perhaps, than we did in the first half? And I thought from the, from the minute the whistle went in the second half, we took the game to them. Um, thought we was on top, thought we was dominant in that second half. We, we got the goal that we deserved. Um, yeah, in the end, I'm thinking we might go on and win it. I think we was the, we was probably the team pushing for that. Um, 
not to be, but like I say, Rotherham a good side. They'll be right at the top end of the league come the end of the season, and it's a good battling point. Paul Warren was very complimentary of Charlton, said that he sees them as a, a top six side as well. Performance-wise, I guess we're starting to see that now from the Edukes. We are, yeah, we are. We're seeing, uh, we're seeing a team out there that's giving everything for the badge. They're running, they're pressing, they're harrying, everything that I expect from my players, they're doing. And like we've said already in, uh, in, in these interviews, that the quality's there. So if you do that, you're going to get results, you're going to pick points up and you're going to climb the, the league quickly. Um, disappointed where we find ourselves in the league, but uh, we have to start looking upwards and onwards and, and, and start putting runs together. When it came to Rotherham's goal, there were some complaints from the, the Charlton players. We weren't really sure exactly what it was for. Do you, do you know what they were upset with? Uh, I think they felt the ball might have gone out when the cross came in, but I, I honestly don't know. I obviously, from where I am, I can't see either. I've watched the goal back um, can't tell from the camera angle to be uh, my focus is on the situation and and can you defend it better that's that's what I'm looking at if it went out you know it's a bit unfortunate but uh, I want to see us defend that situation better obviously the referee was a a big focal point this evening there was one in particular point where where Paul Warren had to make a decision for him a couple of minutes later taken off their their defender who who easily could have gone I think that decision uh, from Paul to take him off straight after probably tells you everything you need to know about that situation. I think the referee got that one wrong. Should be a second yellow card. They should be down to 10. Um, but he didn't go with it. It wasn't to be. We carried on We carried on pressing and harrying anyway and pushing for that goal. We got it. Uh, if they'd have had 10, would it have been different? Perhaps. Sometimes it can be more difficult playing against 10. So, um, you know, you like to think it would have changed the complexion, but he didn't give it. Uh, uh, my, my, my team stuck to their task and... Uh, Certainly got a deserved equaliser. We come back again to that transformation. It's only two weeks tonight since that Accrington game, and it's such a different team. And if you think back at other games like the Bolton one, where there's been capitulations, it shows you, you've certainly brought something different to them since you've come in. Yeah, I think I have. Um, the players have responded to everything that I've asked of them. We've certainly seen a renewed vigour. Um, that's what I demand. That's how I was as a player. That's how I am as a coach, manager. And like, I won't, I won't accept anything, anything less than that. Um, as far as their endeavour and, and commitment to it, and commitment to—I don't just mean running. I mean to the to the, the things that I'm asking them to do. They've they've given me 100% commitment, and that's all you can ask. The, the minute that drops, um, that's my job then to make to make sure that, that that we don't stand for that. Because I think when when it's like that, you can see we're a good team. We're a good team, and, and we can get better. There's there's loads there's loads to work on. There's there's more we can do, but. If we come off at of that level, we become ordinary. Um, so, so I can't allow that to happen. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to Amazon.com slash news ad free. That's Amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Kirk again. To his left is Gunter. Gunter with the cross. It's a search across. Chelsea! The searching cross from Chris Gunter. Chiasini beats McFadden to the ball against Chelsea lead. Yeah, and we talk about this week in, week out, about players anticipating coming in from the far side, getting inside the fullback, spotting that cross early, making the run, anticipate, get across your man and meet it well. I mean, it's a very brave header from Chiasini. Charlton Live. 
Welcome back. This is Charlton Live, the big match preview. Just before the break there, we heard from the Addicts caretaker boss, Johnny Jackson, after the uh, the draw with, with Rotherham. I mean, we're just going to say it every week until he gets a job, Knife, but it's mm. remarkable the turnaround he's got, and he's absolutely acing the, the job interview process so far. It's, it's an on-the-job job interview, basically, isn't it? And he's smashing it out of the park. Yeah, 100% is. Um I said I just mentioned it earlier in terms of the, you know, in terms of not only it's like he could have we could have got no disrespect, we could have got crew Donny and I don't know someone else who's down there. I don't I'm looking at the bottom table anymore. So uh, <laughs> Shrewsbury or something and then do you know what I mean? It would be like yeah, but you know, it's a, it might be a bit of a full storm sort of thing, but no, like Sunderland banging form, not lost at home all season. Rotherham smashing teams apart, high scorers don't concede least amount of goals conceded. Donny, forget about him. But those two games, like we've done, like fully deserved everything we've got out of it, and it's just amazing what he's doing in such a short space of time. And he's obviously whatever he is doing on the the training field is working. Um, and yeah, on the job interview, he's not um, he's not doing himself any harm, is he? So he's got got a little um, making. Thomas's job a little bit easier, isn't it? Mm, well, you'd like to think so. You'd, you'd like to think so. I know Thomas's son now seems to be in the building and and, and keeping a, a close eye on proceedings and and hopefully reporting back to his father that he's uh, he's got a good in there in, in Johnny Jackson. You can see the performances uh, have, have just turned around uh, completely. And, and like I say, we'll, we'll hear from Jason Pierce on that matter uh, later on in the show. But let's hear from some of you guys as well. Reg um, sent uh, a message in. What a difference uh, with Johnny Jackson at the wheel. Same squad, but playing a completely different game uh, with coherency and obvious commitment. Can't believe they weren't trying hitherto for Nigel. Uh, but the last three games have seen different levels across the board, including, and importantly, JJ's engagement uh, with the crowd. Excited about what can be uh, achieved. Yep, certainly, uh, so am I. And some other messages uh, that, that came in as well. Jimmy said, uh, the point against Rotherham was thoroughly deserved, if not all three, as a spectacular performance uh, and established that we really do deserve to be up near the top of this uh, the table this season. It's a shame uh, the game was slightly overshadowed uh, by some of the worst officials in the entirety uh, of the EFL. And that, that's not an easy one to, to win that, but yeah, they were up there. Um, Gary says, hi guys, a good second half because we played on the front foot. I think we sat back too much in the first half and tried to counter-attack. I'm still not sure about the keeper, a good shot sp- uh, stopper, but his distribution is rubbish. All the best. Yeah, what, what, what are we saying about Mac? He's had a, some really good moments this season. He has had a couple of bad ones as well. Um, distribution, have you picked up much on that, Tom? I mean, how how picky do people want to get? Dills used to get it every week, didn't he, about his distribution as well, and now he's played in the championship. So, or well, not at the moment, he might have been dropped, but <laughs> more generally... But I think, look, they're in there to make saves and I think he's he's won us more points than he's lost us. Obviously, we'd like better distribution and I know there's moments where he claims a ball from a corner and you've got Leko pinging forward one side and whoever, Jayasimi or Kirk or whatever. So I think there are opportunities to get the ball forward and, and I know there's a couple of times where that's gone awry, but ultimately, as I just said, he's there to make saves and some of the saves he's made have been absolutely world-class and, and saved us points. So, yeah... I, there's always room for improvement. You could say that about any player. You know, Connor Washington could have taken his chances, so his finishing maybe let him down, but he scored his one goal and, and got us a point. McGilvery maybe could have distributed the ball better, but made one save and probably saved us a point. So, yeah, I don't worry about it too much. I'm sure they work on it, but, it, you know, it's not the bread and butter of what he does, so I'm yeah. not I'm not too concerned. And we are in League One. We do have League One players who make League One yeah, errors, unfortunately. Exactly. That's that's the situation we find ourselves in. Right, Alan says, uh, we were unlucky not to take three points uh, against Rotherham. I know we are desperate for the points and had to settle for the one, but the performance was more important than taking the points for me, uh, keeping the levels up like the last two games before that. Keep playing with that heart and fight and we'll be able uh, to beat anyone. Uh, Brocky says, a great effort from all the boys. Shame we didn't take all three points. However, I realised it's much easier to get my son out of bed to go to school uh, when we don't lose. He was in such a good a, a good mood, singing Charlton songs whilst he got ready for school. Just got to keep it going now. Uh, yeah, the club released that excellent video, didn't they, of the of the young fans and all the fans really in the stadium. And it just shows how you know everyone's really on side and, and back in Jacko. Um, it makes such a difference for me to support the club when it's under... Someone like Jacko or Bo or Pally, someone who can really get behind because you've got that all that respect from before it, you know they've even kicked off, and it, it just galvanises the support, and and that definitely gets through to the team, and you've seen it with the performances as well, and that's what London Innit Geezer says. Uh, says when is when is Thomas 
uh, the tea is going to put us out of our misery and confirm Jacko in the post. The weight is killing me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was asked this question on air the other day. I said if it was up to me, it'd be right now. But obviously, I'm I'm going with my heart rather than my head. Um, Nathan, how how long how long does should this process take? I mean, apparently there was some. I haven't actually read it myself, but apparently there were some quotes from Thomas in in the Sun saying something like he might. You know, even wait something like 60 days, get into December to give Jacko that space. But at the same time, if Jacko's off to a flying start, he'll want the job confirmed as soon as possible to show that he's he's earned the trust of, of Thomas. And by Thomas giving Jacko that trust, I'm sure it'll, it'll sort of go both ways and he'll certainly have the support of, of, of all the fan base. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's not a difficult one for us, I think. Um, but for Thomas, he probably wants to look, give it a little bit more time. 60 days might be a bit... Because maybe he said that at the beginning, thinking, well, we're in a bit bit of a bad run of form. He might not be able to turn it around straight away. I don't want to give him three games and we don't get a good result and then just get a new manager in. He might have just said, you know, give it 60 days or whatever, if that's what it was, um, to give him a bit more time. So, to, But obviously he started this well. Um, so, yeah, it might be that it is a bit sooner. I think he maybe he was just doing it as well as giving Jacko trust. But if it doesn't click straight away then at least Jacko don't feel the pressure that he's got to deliver results from day one. So, um, But yeah, I can't see it dragging on too long. I mean, yeah, it, for me, it's it's the the performance. I think Alan and, and Brocky said in, in, their, in their emails in, it's it's about the performances and the performances now to a few weeks ago is in chalk and cheese. Um, and if the, those performances are there, we're going we're gonna to get more points out of a lot of games than we'll lose them if we keep that intensity up. Um, so yeah I I can't see it unless something drastic happens and we have a couple of Huddersfields and uh, sort of five nillers or whatever I can't see anything changing really so I think I think Jacko's more or less got it sewn up really Oh, I hope I hope that is the case uh, let's hope that Thomas is listening to the pod uh, and, and, and he'll hear what we're saying right uh, some excellent news today Thomas has uh, done something uh, really good today. He's got a pen to paper uh, for Deji Eleraway. The 18-year-old has uh, signed his first professional contract with the club. He's going to be with us uh, on paper at least until uh, 2024. And uh, Deji himself went to speak to Ollie Groom today to say how uh, pleased he is uh, to sign his first professional deal. Um, yeah, it feels great. Honestly, I love being in charge every minute of the day. Um, Charles is a great club. I love to spend my time here. It's been a whirlwind few months for you, hasn't it? Obviously, uh, in the under-18 setup, you were heavily involved uh, in the first team during pre-season, but you really caught the eye. Uh, did you think you'd, you'd be at this position uh, at this stage, making your, your league debut, playing in a couple of cups in the first team? You must be so pleased with that. Yeah, I'm very pleased. Honestly, it's been surreal. I said it before my other interview that I didn't expect myself to be here. I thought maybe I'd be in around 23s in the first team, but now being here is very very surreal there we go great great to get that one over the line and obviously uh, for Deji a, a big day for him you know there was reports linking in with West Ham um, obviously you never you never know what's what's agent talk and what isn't really I guess these days Tom but you know it did make a lot of us nervous it was taking a while to get him get him sort of signed up and to be honest I'd, I'd given up on it if I'm being totally honest but you know great great to see it's happened and this is something that we've struggled with before when, when a young talent emerges uh, which, which Deji has and we have to be honest like I, f- I think he's only really emerged properly this summer like in in he was part of the under 18 side that got to the the playoffs and, and, and the finals last year um, but it's really this year that he's sort of exploded and all of a sudden when he probably wasn't on the radar straight away to get the professional deal all of a sudden he's become hot property so the fact that We've got that sorted. When I imagine other clubs would have been looking at him, um, I mean, would you would you describe that as a statement of intent about how we want to run the club going forward in terms of our young players that we've lost before? I think yeah, it sets a benchmark uh, for other players now because they'll be interested to see what happens next. Uh, like you, obviously, I don't know enough about the West Ham interest uh, in terms of how close anything might have been, but I- I'm pretty sure there would have been clubs of certainly of Championship level looking at him because. Even in the the brief time we've seen him, you know, he's he clearly is a talent, and teams are looking to to snap players of of that age and of that kind of contract status up as soon as they can. So, yeah, I think it is a marker, and and as you say, under previous ownerships, that's the sort of player who we would have just lost, and and as you said yourself, you you kind of given up hope already because we've had our fingers burned plenty of times. So. I'm very pleased, you know, even if he goes next summer already, then, you know, we're, we're going to command a bit more of a fee for him and 
you know, I don't like to think of football as a business, really, because that's not why we're in it. But ultimately, that's what it is. But, you know, if we do keep hold of him for a couple of seasons and, you know, he can make a difference here first and then go off, then then obviously that would be fantastic. And, yeah, it, you know, it might just be that he's got a good head on his shoulders or he's got the right people around him. Or, or it might be that we've, you know, we've convinced him. So whatever the reason, I think it's it's an excellent bit of business for us. It provides that extra level of support to the centre-backs, particularly whilst we've got Lavelle and, and Innes out at the moment. So, you know, I know Piercy and uh, who's he had alongside him? I can't think now. Gunter's been playing in the centre and they've had that midfield, uh, sorry, that defensive free. But we're going to want to be able to change it up a little bit more. Uh, so hopefully this will this will help with that. And now that contract's sorted, he can focus on his football and maybe Jacko will be a bit more confident to give him give him a game. I, I wonder if we'll see him even start at the weekend in the FA Cup, for example. Yeah, I imagine I imagine we will. Um, I mean, how, how much potential do you think he has, Nath? Are we talking Esri, Konza, Joe Gomez levels? Are we talking not quite that level? I mean, is it too early to say? What, what have you seen? What, what sort of from from what you've seen so far? Where where, where do you think we are with Deji? Better, de- uh, definitely better than Deji or Shalaja. <laughs> yeah, I think that you've, there's you know there's potential there. I think if you know if people more qualified than myself in in, you know, you know, in terms of Steve Avery and that they wouldn't have offered him a deal. But in terms of the comparisons of Ez and Joe, I think Joe Joe Gomez was a different gravy sort of player that it, that sort of comes up once in a blue moon for me. He, just because. His reading of the game, his physicality, um, uh, and and how good he was on the ball. Um, Esri was the same. He, he was Esri was a little bit more like um, Deji than obviously Joe, just in terms of his build and his stature. Deji obviously is going to bulk up. He's still growing. He's still you know he's still maturing as a as a as a person and physically. So um, yeah, there's a lot of about you know the, the experiences he's getting now. He's training regularly with the first team. He's getting game time here and there. It's going to stand him in good stead, but. Um, he's still, you know, he's still building as a. He's going to get wider, not too wide, but he's going to put some muscle on, and he's going to be very physical. So, I think there's a lot of potential there. It's just obviously, like Tom said, but it's having the right people around him with his family, and he's at a good club. Could that, you know, that will help him flourish. And um, I'm excited to obviously seeing him uh, get more game time because I think it will, stay, especially with people like Piercy there. And even Akin, but when you've got Piercy next year, you're going to learn loads. So, exciting times, mate. Yeah, certainly. I mean, uh, Reg uh, sent in a message saying the news just keeps getting better uh, today with Deji signing until 2024. Different gravy. What he will bring as he is integrated into the first team should further propel us forward. Uh, the Woolwich Van Dyke uh, might have to buy the wife his and her season tickets for the second half of the season this Christmas. Yeah, that's a good idea, Reg. Uh, his and her season tickets, a wonderful invention. Right, uh, I did promise we're going to hear uh, from the skipper, uh, Jason Pierce. He came in to speak to us after the draw uh, with Rotherham, obviously back in the side since Sam Lavelle's been injured, but performed very well, I think it's fair to say. Um, but I thought it'd be interesting, obviously, with, with Pearcey, as uh, his role as one of the more senior members of the squad, obviously a captain uh, of the side, someone who's played with, with Jacko and, um, you know, done, done coaching stuff himself, Pearcey, and that's something he'll want to go into as well. Um, I thought it'd be really interesting to find out from him what he thinks that Jacko's brought to the training ground uh, and what has brought around the change we've seen over the last couple of weeks. I think there's uh, um, was question marks over the effort and stuff, but I think it was, it was just he's given us that direction, um, which, which I think we needed. And it's the training training's been really good. We've been working hard on in, in and out of possession um, stuff, uh, opposed in training, and it's, and it's, and it's been great. And... Um, the boys are really taken to it, and, and, and I think I think everyone can see on the pitch that we look like a real team to get together. Um, uh, we're behind Jacko, and, and we want to continue. I mean, when, when you say he's brought a direction, is that something you felt was lacking beforehand? Because a lot of the fans are looking at these excellent performances we put in before, and just can't really understand why they were, they were so off it in, in a few weeks before that. Yeah, I think it was, uh, there's a few few things maybe that that was wasn't quite what right. It just wasn't clicking and. Um, and the gaffer, the gaffer was here before. Was, was a great guy, and he, and and he's done he's done really well. And just just something just wasn't clicking, and um, obviously something had to change. And um, you know, I, it did need a little bit of direction, I think. Um, and and Jacko's come in. He was he was obviously assistant manager under the gaffer, and uh, he's given us that direction, um, which which we we needed. And and and, and now we're we're moving forward. Um, Obviously, I don't want to talk too much about the, about the past, but you know, it's, um, we're, in, we're in a good place at the moment, and and we want to continue that. 
um, and, move, and move up that league. Do players get too involved in thinking who they want the next manager to be after what Jacko's achieved so far? Obviously, his fans are all quite will be fans of his. But as a player, I mean, from what you've seen so far, I mean, I, I guess you'd be quite happy if he was to get the full time job. Yeah, no, um, I've, I've obviously played with Jacko and played against him. Um, and now he's he's my manager, and uh, I've got total respect for Jacko, and, and he's coming, and, and and I think he'll have a real big career in the game as a manager. I, I truly believe that, and he's coming, and the way he's the way he's been with with with, with everyone really, he's, he's been really good, and I think yeah, I, I hope he gets the job personally, because um, I think it'll, it'll be great for the club. He knows the club, um, so yeah, and obviously it's our performances on the pitch which will determine that, but. It started well, and uh, hopefully that will continue. Fascinating. I thought I thought that was fascinating from from Jason Pierce. Uh, he spoke really candidly about you know he, he feels that Jacko's bring brought some direction, and you know admitted that that was something that that was lacking previously. You know under Nigel, he didn't get too drawn into it when when I sort of followed it up. But that that is something that was said. You know, he clear, clearly something wasn't right, and clearly something had to change. Um, and obviously Pierce has then gone one step further and called for Jacko to be given the job. So. Let's point. Let's talk about that that thing first. Obviously, Piercy's played with Jacko, and and you know anyone who's known Jacko for for a number of years will have a great deal of respect for him. But it's great that he wants him to get the job because I think it just shows that he he's won. He's got the squad on side, and if the performances hadn't already told you that, I guess Tom. Yeah, definitely, and I think you can see that in the performances already. But as you say, when your when your club captain is coming out and saying that. It's not something you'd necessarily hear too often, but that and the comments about the previous manager, as you say, didn't get drawn on it too much, but still did. So I think Jacko has confidence in himself anyway. He doesn't need Piercy to come out and say that, but they have a clearly have a good relationship. And, you know, Piercy's got that coaching clause in his contract, hasn't he? And, and obviously Yule's in there as well. There's that, you know, Piercy's, you know, I don't think he's, he's at the Jacko level yet, whether he, he ever gets there, I'm not sure, but, you know, that's high praise to even be anywhere near that, given what Jackson's done for the side. I think Pierce is somebody that has a lot of respect around the club, and rightly so. And I think he he displays similar sorts of characteristic, characteristics sorry, to, to Jacko in the way he, you know, talks the young players or the new players around what it means to play for Charlton and all that kind of stuff. So there are a couple of players in there, and, and Yule, who I've mentioned as well, who... I would love to see stick around the club for a while. You know, I'd love when Piercy retires to join that coaching staff as well and for them to build a bit of a legacy here. And, you know, it's not unlikely to be like Kerbishley and be here for 15 years because that doesn't really happen anymore. But there's nothing to say that they can't build something very, very special over a period of time. So, yeah, it was, it was as you said, fascinating to hear because you don't very often hear someone come out and be so so candid, particularly these days with all the media training they get. I thought it was an honest assessment and... I'm sure you're going to go on to ask uh, ask Nath now about the the Nigel Adkins comments, but I thought that was really interesting insight too, because as fans we all see it, but to hear a player say it, I think is is very interesting and, and honest from Pierce. So mm. yeah, interesting to hear for sure. Yeah, well, Tom's done my job for me there, Nath, because he has predicted what I wanted to ask you about. Obviously, I mean, he, he said that, that, that there was a, a bit of a lack of direction beforehand. I mean, that's that's quite startling, really, isn't it? Considering, I mean, Nigel's been in the in the game for a long time. Yeah, it was. It's a bit of an eye opener. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not gonna, you know, Nigel. Like you say, he's been in the game a long time. He's had these successes and these achievements, and and, and you know, well played to him. But I think the comments for me, I, does it surprise me? Yes and no. I think with the, yeah, because it's obviously what Piercy said. But no, because looking at how we were playing, it did it did look like we were playing with no invention. We didn't have a plan. We we just looked lost. We didn't. We, we weren't cohesive. And when I think about it now, it's starting to come together a bit, and it seems like it all makes sense now. Because if Piercy saying that, you know, whatever he said, I'm looking at it going, well, it looked like you had no sort of direction or or whatever. Um, and I think looking at the results earlier in the season, you can tell that. And Jacko's come in, and obviously we do look like we we sort of know what we're doing now. We play with a with a style, we're trying to impose ourselves on games, whereas before it was just one dimensional. Um but, you know, it's that that's the way I see it is is that you can when you try and piece it together now, you can certainly start to see it a little bit. I'm not saying that, you know, Nigel just comes in and has a hobnob and has a cup of tea and that's it. Well he might have done. It's not my business, but you know, it's a nice job to have. Um but yeah, 
it's definitely changed now and the proof is in the pudding and you can see that difference now. Yeah, certainly. Uh, Hobnob, interesting choice of biscuit. We'll have to go further into what biscuits we think that Johnny Jackson has. Uh, But we ain't got time for that because it's time to get into cup fever. Uh, We'll worry about biscuits later. Uh, Right, Havant and Waterlooville come into the Valley uh, on Saturday. Obviously, they beat Torquay uh, after a replay in the last round. So uh, really looking forward to this one. Uh, I have seen Havant play before in in non-league circles uh, down at Bromley, I think, a couple of times. But obviously, I guess the majority of us, and myself included, don't know a great deal about them they sit 11th uh, in the National League South which is the division below the the conference or the National League uh, that, that you'll know is uh, you, you'll know obviously the the National League is the one Bromley I, th- I don't think Ebsleet are in, yeah and Ebsleet are in the National League South because they're not as good as Bromley um, but yeah uh, in case you're listening Lockwood but um, let's, let's hear from Simon Carter from the Portsmouth News uh, who will uh, tell us a bit more uh, about Saturday's opponents and how excited they are to be coming to the Valley on Saturday oh, they're, they're phenomenally excited I mean I suppose that a lot of Charlton fans, a lot of football fans nationally will remember Havant from when they played at Liverpool in the FA Cup 2007-08. Uh, they went to Anfield in the fourth round, amazingly led 1-0, led 2-1. Uh, club from the sixth division, uh, winning at Anfield. Uh, that's the magic of the FA Cup for you. Um, so yeah, and this is probably, uh, out since then, the, the biggest game they've had, without a shadow of a doubt. I think Charlton are only the seventh top kind of Premier League or EFL side haven't have played in their 23 years since they were formed. So no, no, they're, they're really looking forward to it. I think there's 800 fans coming up, uh, which is for Havant, uh, an incredible support. Yeah, I mean, on our pod, we'll try and argue this is an even bigger game than, than going to Anfield, but I think that might fall on deaf ears. But, um, <laughs> um, yeah. I don't think you've you got 6,000 Havant fans coming to this game. <laughs> no, sadly not. So, I mean, what, what sort of form are Havant coming to the Valley in? Kind of, it's been an up and down season, really. I mean, as you possibly would have imagined, bearing in mind uh, it's a totally new squad. And to give you some example of that, uh, when haven't played at Marine in the second round of the FA Cup last November, again, he obviously lost 1-0 in the last minute of extra time and then like missed out on Spurs at home. Uh, of that 18-man squad at Marine, only one, Charlie uh, Sam Magway, will actually be in the squad on Saturday. Uh, three others are either injured or suspended. Ross Warner, who's the number one keeper, he was Paul Doswell's goalkeeper at Sutton, uh, when obviously Sutton had that great FA Cup run a few years ago, beat Leeds, lost to Arsenal live on BBC. He's injured, he got injured in the first half of the FA Cup fourth qualifying round tie at Torquay. He's a big loss. Tommy Wright, uh, again, who's Doswell had at Sutton, uh, one of the main strikers, he's suspended uh, for a red card against Slough a couple of weeks ago. This is second of a three-game ban. And Billy Clifford, who's ex, well, ex-Chelsea, he's ex-Wheelstone midfielder, he's suspended uh, one match ban for two bookings, uh, for five bookings this season. So that's a Warner, Wright and Clifford. That's three big losses, mm. in fairness, big losses. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's been an up-and-down um, season in the league. I mean, they're obviously disappointed. They obviously, the playoffs is the absolute minimum uh, for a club like Haven. They've got one of the better budgets in the league uh, they certainly haven't got the best but they've got one of the, certainly say the top five top six they train three times a week they're not totally full time but they're, they're more full time than a lot of clubs at that level mm, yeah because that was going to be my next question I, mean, I, I personally I, I enjoy watching a lot of non-league football but I guess a lot of Charlton fans won't so they, they might struggle to comprehend what sort of level of football the National League South is but I guess the majority of the players will have sort of second jobs. It is the, the sort of the, the bin men and, and the accountants who, who will be facing. To, to be honest, probably not. Um, I mean, I mean, I think most of the, some of the players do kind of like coaching roles, uh, but it's, it's not the sort of uh, candlestick maker, bin man that you had at Marine last season. Uh, I mean, for example, Joe Osler, who's Haven's captain, uh, ex-Torquay, very experienced guy. Uh, he's got his own kind of coaching company. So he, he'll spend the time coaching. Uh, when he's not training. Jake McCarthy, who's their kind of informed goal-scoring midfielder, nine goals in the last 10 games, hat-trick at Chelmsford. He does some coaching in his, quote, spare time. Um, so again, I mean, it's not sort of the, the archetypal FA Cup romance story of the bin men, uh, the bakers, the butchers, that sort of thing. These are kind of virtually full-time. They haven't, they haven't wages would probably be their main wages. Hmm. They might have a secondary role 
possibly mostly in kind of coaching or sport, some sport related role, but the haven't wages would be their main wages. Mm. And tell us about the FA Cup run so far. Obviously, they, they overcame Torquay after a replay in, in the last round, so that was a, a bit yeah. of an upset. Yeah, they had three games. They, they drew, uh, the second qualifying round, they were drawn away to Beaconsfield, who were a division lower. That's the Southern League Premier South side, the same level as kind of Harrow Boa, uh, who obviously got Pompey this weekend. Um, that was drawn, they were drawn away, but the game was switched to Havant. Uh, they won 5 3. They were 5 1 up with a couple of minutes to go. Conceded two sloppy girls. Then they played Billerique at home, who again are another National League south side like Havant. Billerique at the time were bottom of the league. Havant again 3 0 up, absolutely coasting. Conceded two late girls, hung on, 3 2 win. Uh, and then they were drawn away at Torquay, which was among as tougher games as you could have got in the fourth qualifying round, bearing in mind it's still a regionalised draw. Uh, and they went down to Torquay. I saw the game first half fairly even both teams kind of trying to find each other out Torquay slightly the better side second half having were great having were really good in the second half went twice uh, fell behind second time conceded in the 86th minute you think okay that's it they're going out James Roberts cracked in a glorious 90th minute leveller well 94th minute leveller really from outside the box and then fell as a replay at Wesley Park the, the weather was absolutely appalling torrential rain having to got a 4G pitch uh, they just outplayed Torquay it was is actually amazing to see. Uh, they, they played some good football. I mean, Haven's weakness this season is keeping clean sheets. Uh, I think they haven't kept any since the opening day of the season when they beat Welling 3-0. Uh, but going forward, they're, they're always likely to score goals. Mm. So, coming ahead to, to Saturday, who are like the, the, the key men, Haven's sort of best, best most inf- influential players that the Charlton fans should be wary of? As you really have Jake McCarthy, um, he's got as I say he's got nine goals in the last ten games. He's a central midfielder. Uh, he was signed as virtually as a holding midfielder who can play centre half. He was at AFC Bournemouth for many years. Uh, didn't really, didn't play in the first team, but he was at Bournemouth from like ages of twelve to twenty two. He helped Weymouth win. He was playing for Weymouth in the National League last season. Uh, turned down a new contract, dropped back down a level. Uh, signed for Hawks. Uh, he, he's the informed player, the main goal scorer. I would have said Tommy Wright, but he's out suspended. So up front, you're going to have James Roberts, uh, who's ex-Oxford United, ex-Oxford City, uh, scored the cracking equaliser at Torquay. Uh, he would probably be up front with Scott Rendell, uh, who's Charlton fans have probably known from, he's been around a few years. I think mm. he's 35 now, coming up to 36 soon. Uh, he's had a myriad of clubs down the years, Luton, Torquay, uh, Woking, I think he's played for Aldershot, Eastleigh, Maidstone. Uh, this is his first season at Haven. But again, with Alex Wall, uh, is another strike who's out injured. Rendell and Roberts are virtually the only two strikers they've got. So, so they'll certainly start at the Valley. McCarthy's the one to look out for. They always play, or they don't always play, but they generally like to play a, a 3 5 2. Uh, so you'd have Josh Pasley as the right wing back and probably Joe Newton as the left wing back. And they like to kind of bomb those lads forward at every opportunity. Thanks to Simon uh, for giving us the lowdown on Haven. Uh, a massive potential banana skin, as always, Tom, with the FA Cup. And uh, but uh, aside, it sounds like they're going to be missing a couple of key players. Yeah, I feel, always feel like the FA Cup is where you get the most football cliches, and uh, you're totally right. It's the sort of game that you always worry a little bit about, uh, as Jacko said. Though he, he expects to win it and. I'm sure he's going to change players for it, obviously, because, you know, we've got a lot of players that want to play and he's played quite a, a balanced squad for the, the last three games. So it is a chance to rest players. We should still win the game, ultimately. As you said, they're down at two or three divisions below us. Um, so, yeah, it's a difficult one for me. I, I, you know, I love the FA Cup. I'd like us to get to that third round and, and draw somebody. You know, even that Fulham away day a few seasons ago, I still look back on that with, with fondness, even though we got hammered on the day, the atmosphere itself and, and just the day out was amazing. So that's really where you're aiming to get these first two rounds. It's just about getting through them. But, you know, there's always that chance of getting a big tie. So, yeah, it's uh, it's not going to be an easy game. We can't take it for granted, all those cliches. But, we should be beating them. That's that's what it comes down to, whoever we pick on, on Saturday. Mm. Well, let's hear from Johnny Jackson, the head of the game. Uh, he was asked by Terry during press day today uh, if the FA Cup is a competition that means a lot to him. I, I love the FA Cup. It's a game that I want to win. It's a game that I expect to win. Uh, got some 
good and bad memories of the FA Cup. Still one of the biggest regrets of my career, not progressing to the semi-final with Charlton. So, um, yeah, long been an admirer of the Cup. Um, it's a good opportunity, obviously, to utilise your squad. Um, I've got I've got a lot of players there chomping at the bit for a game and people that are, you know, want to show me that they should be playing. So there's an opportunity to, to do that. But, I mean, regardless of whatever team I put out there, I expect... Uh, the same time well, I'll demand the, the, the same things that I have been of, of the lads that have played so far in the league can't come off of those uh, you know those principles that we put in place uh, and whatever team I put out there sh- should be good enough to win the game and I expect that well, it's one of the questions that I was going to ask you about because obviously looking at it and on paper it's a, it's a giant killing possibility for the likes of Evan and Waterloo and that's what the FA Cup is famous for so that's something that uh, you've also got to try and guard against of course, and we'll respect the opposition like we always do. We'll do our homework on them. Uh, we'll approach it like every other game that we do. Uh, but you know, we'll, we'll show the lads the ways that, that, that they can maybe try and hurt us, uh, and we'll show them the ways that we can hurt them. And I always feel that, that whoever we're playing, that we'll, we'll cause them problems. And that has to be our focus, obviously. Um, it's important that we approach the game with the right mentality, uh, like we have been. Uh, don't come off of that and. Uh, if, if, if we're like that, we'll win the game. But, you know, I said to the lads, you know, you have to, have to approach it in that same way. Don't become a story on Sunday morning. Good to hear from Jacko, as always. Uh, obviously, um, you know, there, there will be changes, Nathan. Um, but, you know, as, as we heard from Simon, they're apparently not quite as excited to come to the Valley as they were to go to Anfield for whatever reason. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't get that, get my head around that. But, you know, they will still be excited to come to the Valley. Um I think, you know, I mean, Paul Warren said it on Tuesday. He wished, he wished they played us two weeks ago, Rotherham. But I imagine it'd be the same for Haven. Like, if they if they came to us, you know, when we were putting in these displays we've seen under Adkins, obviously we'd still be favourites, but I would have given them a, a lot more of a chance than, than I will give them on Saturday. But we can't get complacent because we, we've seen it before with, with Northwich Victoria. We, we can get caught out of this level and be embarrassed. Yeah, we can do. If we, if, you know, if we do become complacent... Um... And you know, I was looking at their squad, and I don't know if I don't know who's missing or whatever. They got that James Hater. Do you remember him? Dan Doncaster, James Hater. Yeah, they remember got him? they got some reasonable names. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ravel, got, Ravel was the one that stood out for me. Yeah, you got Ravel. You got, well, is the, the you got the ex Palace player Lee Bradbury as manager or joint manager or whatever? Paul uh, Paul Doswell's the manager. Oh, was it? So oh, be, is yeah. Lee Bradbury still there? I, I know he was there at one point. But yeah, well, I don't really follow him that much to be honest. But um, yeah, no, we've got to keep our wits about us because yeah, because I don't want that. Um, what was that game? Was it Northwich? Yeah, Victoria. Did we lose to them? Yeah, or did we draw with them? I can't no, that was on TV. We lost one nil, and I'd invited all my mates Michael around Smith to watch it as well. Yeah, well, yeah, didn't do us any yeah, favours we... that day. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we're just going to keep our wits about us. Keep our... it's the intensity. I think if we step off the intensity. And it count, it becomes you know a battle because they're they're going to come here and give everything. It's that you know it's, it's a it's a big game for them. They're not going to play in this sort of stadium every week, yeah. so they're Lee, going to step their levels up. Lee Bradbury left Haven and Waterlooville in two thousand and nineteen. Oh, there you go. Shows my knowledge of Haven and Waterlooville. <laughs> so, I so Jack has done more research than you. Have. <laughs> That's what I mean. I remember. Is that when they were at, um Anfield? When did they go Liverpool? Was that, that was there? in about two thousand and eight. That was. Oh. Yeah, my uh, knowledge of uh, <laughs> of haven't isn't the greatest, but yeah. <laughs> but I mean Paul, yeah. Paul Doswell as the manager obviously has um, that that cup run on at, at Sutton un, under his belt as well, so he'll know all about this, Tom. And it's it, it is just a case of whatever side we put out. And I mean, we, we being being wary. I mean, talk about the side. Obviously, we, we reckon Dej will be out there. I mean, you'd think this will be a chance for like reasonably first team players like. Kirk Morgan to get games, you know Davison. You'd expect some, some, some names in there that that could start in League One if if necessary. Yeah, exactly. And Henderson maybe will get given a run out in goal. Um, Blackett Taylor probably, as you say, Davison, Ben Watson. We've probably got, you know, I haven't written it down, but we've probably got close to twenty-two players that potentially could be first teamers. So. Uh, you know, I don't think he's going to change all eleven, and obviously we've got a few injuries at the moment. But he can definitely switch things around and give things a go. You know, Papa Soiree hasn't really impressed. Um, I don't know if he'd be fit, but he'd be someone that could maybe have another chance to have a go. And we've got the Orient game coming up as well, haven't we? Where maybe they can have a run out then as well. So, yeah, I think there's a chance for a few players to play themselves into form. I think there's a few players who might feel a bit unfortunate to miss out, who give Jacko something to 
to query ahead of uh, the next week's game. So, yeah, I think there'll be a lot of changes. But as I say, ultimately, the players that we pick should still be good enough to go out there and, and do a job because they're League One players as opposed to, to National League South. So, yeah, as I said earlier, it's a game that we should win. It's a game that we, I think, expect to win. But at the same time, we have to pay them respect and, and just go about and do a professional job against them. Excellent stuff. Well, let's hope that we do. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday, of course, to discuss whether we have or not. But that is the end of this week's big match preview. Thanks for everyone uh, who's tuned in. Hope you've enjoyed the show. And uh, thanks to those who've sent messages in uh, as well. Thank you to Tom and to Nath for joining me this week. Cheers, boys. Cheers, mate. Good to speak to you both. I'm Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Sunday to look back at whatever happens against Haven and Waterlooville. We'll see you then. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.